Okay, good evening. Welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's Meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our Queen Anne's County website at www.qac.org live or on QAC-TV's television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to www.qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may email comments to public comment at qac.org as well. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending, you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public com comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in the lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. Pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> we uh, please have a moment of silence for um, the victims of the condominium collapse in Florida. Thank you. Okay, we just uh, had a closed session under Section 3-305B1 of the General Provisions Article for Personnel, uh, Boards and Commissions, and under Section 3-3057B to consult with Council. I do believe we made some conclusions on some appointments to Boards and Commissions. We had appointments to the Community Partnership for Children and Families. Uh, some recommendations from our local management board. So can I get a motion to make those appointments? I move to appoint Justin Hoyt, Cameron Ronayi, spell, uh, pronounce that for me, my boy. Ron Royani. Royani. Sarah Shelley and Carla Tryon to the board of the Queen Anne County Community Partnership for Children and Families to serve a three-year term ending on June 30th, 2024. Second. All right, motion to second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. Sorry, Sorry. Sorry. Move you want me to make a motion for the comprehensive study? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, so I want to move that the County Administrative Director of Human Resources develop a salary study focused on critical workforce needs to provide a recommended plan to keep pace with some of the local and regional salary and wage markets. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion on that? Um, I guess it's, we've come to the conclusion that right now it's very hard to recruit people and retain not so much, but recruit right now is very hard and uh, it starts to affect a lot of county services. So uh, looking at the future, uh, fellow Commissioner Wilson brings a good point that uh, it's not going to get any better anytime soon, so I think it's best that we get out in front of it and see what we can do to uh, 
try to solve some of our issues on that end. Yeah, and this is for some of the more critical areas of our workforce where we, we have to get the talent in there, get them trained so that, you know, the continuity of the operations of the county government is really important. Absolutely. All right. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? We did. All right. Yep. That's all zero passes. All right. Thank you very much, Commissioners. Appreciate that. Thanks. All right, that brings us to the approval of uh, today's agenda for our meeting on July 13th. Uh, that agenda has, and the regular and closed session minutes from your June 22nd meeting, along with the Sanitary Commission minutes from the June 8th and the June 22nd meetings have been circulated for review. Do we have any additions or corrections? I'd like to make a motion to add action item six to tonight's agenda. Okay. Second. Get a motion second, all in favor? Aye. Aye. I'd like to make a motion to uh, accept the minutes and the agenda as amended. Second. Okay, motion second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Both pass 5 0. All right, thank you, commissioners. That brings us to our first uh, press and public comment period this evening. So, thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, address, topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respect, respectful and civil manner, and the commission respects your desire to, and right to convey your message freely. We ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming citizens and name calling when offering any critique. All right, we got uh, Sharon Newsback. Ms. Newsback, right there at the microphone, please. Sure. Um, okay, I'm from Stevensville, Maryland, and I'm here to ask commissioners to please vote no for more construction on Canal and Route 8 and the 10 foot variance. Um, the entrance of the eastern shore should remain the trees, not tall buildings. And um, I live down Route 8, so Route 8 is one way in and one way out. So if you're lucky enough to get through the Baybridge traffic, especially in the summertime, and get to Route 8, usually if there is an accident, it's right there on the Pier 1 and Route 8 intersection. So why would you want to add more traffic to that area? Um, we also have a Target, um, Ellendale, all the construction there, Bay Cove, Four Seasons, plus all the new homes that are being built where I live on Ken Island Estates. Um, it's just too much, and we are just trying to get home. Um, and it's very sad to watch all the trees being cut down, like I said, and all the wildlife not having anywhere to go. And I'm not a big... Um, it's, conservationist or anything. I just, I noticed it. Um, so it's very sad to watch that. Um, Kent Island has a small town feel and I feel like we are losing that and I hope we can preserve it. Um, I moved here uh, 15 years ago from Laurel, Maryland and I bought an old home over here fixed it up some. And I really love it here, but it's getting way too much everything on top of it. Too much. Um, so, like I said, we just want to be able to get down Route 8 and get home. So I hope you vote no for that. And thank you, Commissioners, for letting me speak. Thank you. Thank you. You did fine. You did good. You did good. Thank you. That's all we have. Anybody else? No virtual. No virtual. Okay. Then we'll close the person public comment.
All right, thank you, commissioners. Um, we can move into new business this evening. We have uh, the Department of Public Works. I think uh, Chief Reds Engineer Shane Moore is here. So if you want to turn to tab number three, and uh, the first item is actually, um, excuse me, tab number two is Public Works, excuse me. Tab two, the first item is actually from um, Chief Engineer Lee Edgar, and he asked that we um, pull that item because there was a, uh, a correction that needs to be made in that particular instrument, so we will revisit that at, at a future meeting. So item number two is um, uh, from Shane Moore. Uh, this is a Worcester Road information meeting request, and uh, before we uh, go into this, we need to convene as the Roads Board, please. Okay, thank you. And I'll let Shane take it away. This is an information meeting request for a, a road improvement project in Kent Island Estates. So. Yes. This is the first of what I, we hope are, are many roads in Kent Island Estates that are currently private that we can work to upgrade to public roads. Um, we currently have six, uh, seven petitions in, um, and we will be bringing those forth as, as uh, time allows. The first here is Worcester Road. Um, we have a petition in and support of the Kent Island Estates Roads Association we have a 52% of residents in favor of having this information meeting. That is the first step in the process of taking the road over and upgrading it to public road standards. So we have tentatively scheduled the meeting um, July 28th at 7 p.m. at the Kent Island Estates Community Hall, and that's tentative upon your approval. Um, at that meeting, uh, included in the packet is what I'll be presenting at the meeting, which is a letter addressed to all the uh, residents, as well as the information packet with the estimated cost, the timeline, and the payback process for such a project. Um, does anyone have any questions? Can you explain for the people who are watching what this process is? Who pays for the roads to be brought up to county standards, and what does that mean for those who live there? Sure. The, the process, this, this process is the special tax assessment process. So uh, we will have a, a public information meeting first, based on the uh, a vote at the end of that meeting. If there's a majority in favor that live on the road that want to move forward with a public hearing, we will come back to the commissioners and request that public hearing. Uh, um, at that public hearing, we will present pretty much the same information, um, and the residents of the road will be allowed to testify, and we will take an inventory of yes and no. We will also leave the record open for a period of two weeks. Uh, once we have all that data, we will come back to the commissioners um, and present that. We will count up the number of yeses and the number of noes. If the commissioners feel that time to move forward with the project, they will vote. And at that point, the road will become a county road, and we will work to finish the design and the construction of the roadway. Once the road is completed, 100% um, completed, accepted by us, we will then levy the assessment. And the residents of the roadway will pay the entirety of the cost to construct that roadway. So the county is not out any money. It, it is the residents that do pay for it. So how many, Shane, uh, just to kind of put in perspective, how many have we done this? Well, this isn't the first one. We've done how many roads down there so in far? In county states, we've done four. We've done four in my time with the county starting in 2002. Okay. We did from 2002 to 2006. And then when the economy got shaky with the recession, they, they pretty much ceased. We did continue them in other parts of the county. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a total of eight. Uh, I'd like doing it this way, um, all with great success. Um, and these are typically roads that were pr uh, prior to this were taken care of or supposed to be taken care of by the HOAs and things like that, and they've kind of yes, by the, by the HOA wayside. or by the residents on the roadway. On the Kenan road. states, it's the H it's the roads association. They have their own roads association for the community, and I believe they collect ten dollars <laughs> a year per lot, which is not nearly enough, enough. to keep up. <laughs> Obviously, and, and some of those roads just you know they, bad. they get really really bad. So. Um, 
Uh, tell me if I know this correct. So if there's a blue street sign, it's a county road there. If it's green, it's the private road. Green is county. Green blue is county. Blue is, is so private. People who drive down, you'll be able to tell yes. which roads are, have already been converted over the county, which ones haven't. Yes. <clears throat> and you can see a significant difference in the condition of those roads. That assessment <clears throat> that you mentioned, um, is that assessment over a period of time? How's that going to work? It's a 10-year it's a period at a 5% interest rate. Okay. Um, and, it can, and it can be broken down into uh, uh, various assessment methods, but typically everyone goes for the per owner assessment. That's how historically we've done them. Okay. And so historically the way this works is that the commissioners, we, we could vote even if the people who live on the residents didn't want it, but historically the way it's done is we get uh, a majority of the residents on that road in favor of it yes. before we would do that. So this is, people. if, if everybody on the road doesn't want it, it's, it's not going to happen. So talk to your neighbors if, you're, if you think it should be done. The four we have completed were uh, the public hearing and the testimony was in favor of the project. We did have two roads in Canal Estates and I'll be bringing one of those back in soon. Actually came, and had, there was two hearings for those roads, and but both of them at the hearing the uh, residents that showed up were not in favor of it. And the more vocal people, the more there were more no's than yeses. The vocal minority? Yes. Imagine well, that. Well, the people that spoke up at the hearing and provided testimony, there was more no's than yes, and the commissioners decided to table those until such time that the residents did want to do it. So, yes, if, if the more no's are there, they don't, typically the commissioners don't vote for it, but they could, um, and they've always gone with the most yeses, so. All right. All right. I move to schedule the proposed Worcester Road Improvement Project informational meeting on July 28, 2021 at 7 p.m. at the Kent Island Estates Community Hall. Second. We have a motion and a second. We've already had discussion. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. Motion carries. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay. That's all we had for Public Works. Unless you have any other questions for Shane while he's here? All right. All right. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Okay, we can go into our uh, a new business. We have uh, six action items this evening. If you want to turn to tab number three. Um, tab three, item one, page one, is a, this is a state contract procurement for a new transportation vehicle for the Animal Services Division. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to purchase one 2021 Ford Transit Connect cargo van for animal services transportation operations from Apple Ford via the state of Maryland's blanket purchase order in the amount of 22335 Second. Okay, we've got a motion and a second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. Motion carries. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Item number two on page five is a uh, CDBG uh, COVID round one grant agreement amendment uh, from Mike Clark, Chief of Housing and Family Services. And this is to reallocate some existing grant money from the Emergency Rental Assistance Program over to the Home Delivered Meals Program. And uh, the reason we're doing that is because there's another pot of money for uh, emergency rental assistance that will cover those needs. So this is a kind of a win-win for us. So could I get a motion on that, please? I move to sign and initial the amendment to Maryland Community Development Block Grant Program COVID Round 1 Grant Agreement for Grant Number CV1-8. Second. 
All right, we've got a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero. Passes. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Item number three on page uh, 16 is a property lien for a nuisance violation for high vegetation over 12 inches. I move to approve resolutions 2108, resolution 2108 to place a lien on the property listed in the county zoning administrator's memorandum dated July 13th, 2021 for nuisance violations. Second. All right, we've got a motion and a second. <coughs> All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? And I have to actually recuse myself from that one, so. You live there? No, I oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, thank you, commissioners. Um, moving on, uh, item number four on page 23 is a support letter uh, to uh, Secretary Rona Kramer uh, of the Maryland Department of uh, Aging in support of our application to this for the um, a grant for the YMCA component, Senior Center YMCA component um, at here in the Queen Anne's County YMCA project. I move to sign a letter to Secretary Rona Kramer of the Maryland Department of Aging in support of the application for the Senior Citizens Activity Center's Capital Improvement Grants Program. Second. All right, we've got a motion to second. Any discussion? So is this in addition to, because they got a grant last year, correct? Is, uh, or is this the first one? They're this is the first one. Yes. This is the first one. Yeah. Okay. And then will they be eligible for an additional one next year? I guess I got the impression when we were doing the uh, I think so, yeah. groundbreaking that mm -hmm. there was going to be an opportunity to mm -hmm. get some yeah. more. So, okay. Great. Any other discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? 5-0. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number five is a, um, an amended revised fiscal 22 budget for Chesapeake College. They received an increase in state funding of about $900,000 and they want to make some budget adjustments primarily for salaries and they've also requested that we approve their request to use fund balance on five specific projects which are included in their uh, package. I do know that um, Caroline County has approved this already. Uh, Kent County doesn't seem, I think they're gonna vote on this on, on the 20th. And uh, so they didn't see any problem with approving this either. So Dr. Coppersmith said he'd be happy to come in and present anything to the commissioners uh, at a future meeting if you need more information. But, um, and we reviewed it with our, um, our finance office and we, we don't see any issues with uh, approving this uh, budget amendment for the college. So I guess the only question I got, Todd, so they got more out of the Cade formula, right? The 800 and some thousand. Did they just supplant the money that was coming from the counties to and put it into fund balance and then from there they're moving it over to do these projects? Is that no, they're going to use the, the additional state funding for uh, salary increases for the... Uh, I saw that for the 5%, yeah. but that's, and that's then the fund all ba uh, Yes, and then the fund balance uh, request is for the, the, the projects. projects. Yes. Okay. Any other discussion? I move to approve the Chesapeake College fund balance request and revised FY22 budget request. I know you were not in that to make a motion, mm -hmm. would you? Second. Okay, we've got a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Five zero. Motion carries. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number six is our desk item. This is um, from Director Steve Chanley, Parks and Recreation. This is for a White Marsh Park lighting project. And uh, Steve is here this evening. We received an additional POS grant 
of $1 million that must be used this year. Now, this is kind of a payback grant from the local parks and playground infrastructure fund that distributed $85 million statewide. Our, our cut was a million, and we would like to, um, are suggesting, recommending that we install uh, lights at White Marsh Park using that million dollars, plus we need another 284148 from fund balance to complete that. So if you have any questions. I move to authorize the Department of Parks to enter a contract with Musco Lighting to install new athletic field lights at White Marsh Park in the amount of $1,284,148, utilizing the Keystone Purchase Network Agreement funding to come from the POS grant funds and county fund balance. Second. Got a motion and a second in discussion? All those in favor? Is Aye. Wait, I had a little quick Got a question? too fast for you? Yeah. <laughs> it's Musco, same people that are doing Love Point? Okay. Thank Aye. you. I'm still in my mind. He didn't swear your opinion on that one? No, they haven't. They didn't all right, anything. all those in favor? Thank you, B. Thank you for being here to say yes. opposed? Okay. 5 0. I'm like six eyes there. Nine zero. <laughs> wait a minute, it's Musco? Oh, wait a minute. I'm <laughs> yeah, taking my vote back. Right. Yeah, same company <laughs> that's guys. doing the uh, old love. Yep. All right, so commissioners, we're a little ahead of schedule. I'm not sure if character counts is here just yet um, but I will I would like to call your attention to two things in the information section of the book under tab 4 um, item number 8 on page 24 and I think you've received notice of this we were uh, the town of Southersville was awarded five hundred and thirteen thousand dollars in a USDA grant for completing their um, uh, wastewater plant construction up there and I just wanted to Thank uh, publicly uh, Director of Public Works Alan Quimby for his work with uh, the town, and uh, you know we're, we've assumed maintenance responsibilities up there now as well. So, but he he was um, instrumental in, in working with the town uh, uh, leadership up there and USDA to secure this grant funding, and it's very very it's a big deal for them. very well received uh, and needed for that project. On the job uh, they're doing yeah. up there, yeah, um, yeah. really well done saving the town money on the, mm -hmm. on the operational side and they're getting compliments from their citizens about the good taste of the water so wow yes <laughs> a lot of pats on the back because that was a real mess up there and now it yeah. seems to be the ship is somewhat righted <laughs> we're on the road to recovery exactly yes and uh the other item is item number nine it's an information package from the clean chesapeake coalition from a meeting that we attended on may the 26th uh, Commissioner Moran and I were there along with uh, other members of the coalition so there are some things there that you might want to take a look at so going forward we can um, you know make some recommendations on how we can use some of those funds that we're going to be getting from um, Exelon for fixing the problems we have with Chesapeake Bay and the, and the dam issues we've had there so um, I don't know that we need to make any decisions on Jim I don't know if you wanted to make any comments about that this evening, um, but that was uh, maybe at roundtable. Well, just while we're on the subject, what are, what are they suggesting? And that they, did they have any like suggestions for usage? I mean, I mean, our farmers do a lot with the BMPs. Oh, uh, I mean, it, it, it'll never, they'll never see a dollar. Really? Yeah. No. It's not. It, the total is fifty million. Fifty million. Fifty million over twenty years. So, and then our share. You know, the, the, they, they want to save the muscles first. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, I think that we looked at it and we were maybe lucky to get 
couple hundred thousand for Queen Anne's County, maybe a little bit more, and use that for oyster, oyster spat, restoration. Yeah, stuff. oyster restoration, CVAC, you know, uh, you know. So, but we're still waiting to see how this all pans out. So, Let's see. Oyster restoration. So, is that restricted acreage bottom that they can? No, no, no. This is just to buy spat. You know, they, okay. every year for them to. Okay. Well, talk, I, well, there was some discussions amongst the watermen, though, about that, and I think that is something that is a uh, something we should look at is where they actually we get where the it's going to go for the water. I mean, just think about it. They're giving they're giving the money to Queen Anne's County. Yeah. Right. We we hope. Okay, but I'm just saying, whatever amount is allocated to us, isn't it? Is it our decision as to how that money's used? Okay. Yeah. We also there was also a presentation about potentially dredging behind the dam and pumping that over to. Um, Aberdeen Proving Ground, so that's that's kind of in the early stages. I think that that's got some merit as well. But yeah, but haven't they been talking about that for years though? They have. They did the core samples. They're trying to find out what's in it. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Before, if it's before toxic, they start dumping yeah, it somewhere. Yeah. Because they they can sell it if it's purely sand. Most silt is really sand. It's and probably nitrogen laden, isn't it? Yeah, I would think. Runoff. Right. Saying it is Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. It's all Pennsylvania's dirt, but it's it's worth <laughs> worth money. You know what I mean? So, you know, they they said it was a. Um, Oh God, I forgot the dollar amounts. I mean, hundred million dollars. It was like a hundred million to dredge out behind there. Oh yeah, and that's just to get it down to an acceptable level. And once you start dredging, you'll never stop. So as you're dredging to get ahead of the curve, just like the sand it, at the beach, it keeps. That's right. Behind. So you, it, it would it's something that would never stop. And that's why they're trying to. You know, the, the research that they're doing is once they get that dredging and they get it down to a science, then they can start selling the sand, selling the dirt, whatever's coming out of there. They help can move offset that. the cost. Exactly. And that's that's where yeah. and it will we'll probably go on for but decades, you need right? Exelon's permission to dredge because they own the pond. So you they have to agree to whatever you're gonna do, they have to agree. Which is interesting. So <laughs> they they have to agree for us to remove the dirt. And if they don't agree, then the dirt just comes over the dam and down it's the back. Yeah. So yeah, go figure. So that'll be a continuing story on that. So yes. if you get a chance, take a look at that, and um, we will move on. Okay, uh, presentations? Yes, sir. We're waiting for Lance, and then um, I guess I can try to get Dwayne to come up for the presentation. Legit. Check. So I'm not sure if they've gotten. Okay. Yeah, we're a little ahead of schedule, so. We'll take five. Let's take, take a recess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take five. We have uh, Kelly Huber, character counts specialist, and our own state's attorney, Mr. Lance Richardson. And uh, Kelly, I'll let you introduce your other guests here. So All please right. proceed. Yeah. I will get to Lance. Um, but good evening, and thank you for having us here tonight. I brought some special friends, my character counts, some of my character counts friends that we haven't been able to bring for <laughs> the last year. So we have Wayne Humphreys and Susan Coppage, two of the character counts advisory council members and we have mike clark who is another longtime character counts coach and um an advisory member as well and um we have a special guest sitting back there as well um just a short update on character counts we had a great year last year despite the craziness of the pandemic um thank you guys for all your support throughout the whole thing we were still here you were still presenting the proclamation so that was exciting and thank you to i will do it again queen anne's county tv 
Bruce, Chris, and everyone else for their, our wonderful partnership and the awesome Super Show episodes that allowed us to do wonderful things, I mean, during the pandemic. So you can still check out those videos on their, their YouTube uh, channel or our website. Um, it's exciting that things have finally started to open up. We're getting out there, we're recruiting, we're gearing up for the next year. We've been out, um, the three of us went and met with Dr. Patricia Salins, our new Queen Anne's County Superintendent. Very excited that students, teachers, and our coaches are gonna be re returning to school this year. So hopefully, we'll cross our fingers, but um, hopefully back to a normal year. Um, we are looking for coaches. Um, who knows what last year did to us? We did have coaches, but we're still looking for additional coaches. I've gone out to some of these pop-up things since it's just starting to open up. I've been out to the Food Truck Tuesday. I've been out to the Everything Market. We're signed up for the fair. So trying to get out there and um, definitely looking for coaches. So anyone listening, any of you guys um, that want to be coaches, definitely reach out to me. You can send me an email, khuber at qac.org or you can even go to www.peopleofcharacter.org. Sorry. Um, also, just one last thing, the Shore Update just put out their best of um, for the Golden Anchor Awards. So everyone, you know, go ahead and get on there, vote for the best here in the community, and don't forget Character Counts because you can vote for us as a community, a favorite organization that makes our community a better place. We've last won for the last couple of years, and it'd be great to do it again because I think it's a great initiative. So with that being said, Wayne, Susan, would you guys like to? I just wanted to take a minute and uh, thank everyone here uh, for what you do in support of Character Counts. It's hard to believe we're about 21, 22 years now at this where the community said this is what they wanted to do. And they have supported this, and we're so grateful for all the people that come out to do the coaching, all the people that are on our advisory committee, the uh, Queen Anne's County TV that's always been so very helpful. Um, it, um, it, it's, it's a wonderful place to be in Queen Anne's County. I think uh, of, uh, when you look across the nation and you see the kind of leadership we have here, and throughout the, the community, uh, our state's attorney and our sheriff, and it's just uh, it's, it's very gratifying to just know that, that that everyone here is is a part of this and participates in its success. And Kelly, we we're so proud of you and uh, and all the work you do. Thank and, you. Um, uh, it just wouldn't be the same without your enthusiasm. It's just. When I get nearer, it's just like our first year all over again. She's just so excited about it. It's just wonderful. So right. thank you, and thanks to the community and everyone. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and one last special guest that I'd like to invite up here, um, another Character Counts friend, a role model, a longtime Character Counts coach for, what, 10, 12, 15 years? You lose track <laughs> <laughs> when you're having fun, right? <laughs> Lance is always a character count supporter. I can always turn to him, and he'll be there for me. Um, he's a star of the super shows. Um, I don't know how many times he was one of the super <laughs> actors in it. Um, he's someone special and very like kind of a one of a kind. 
type of guy. So with that being said, he wrote our, our proclamation for last for this month. Do um, you have anything to share? Uh, do you have the proclamation? <laughs> Unfortunately, Councillor, I'll be reading. Uh, I would be remiss real quick if I didn't. Um, you know, Wayne just gave a bunch of accolades out to some very deserving folks. But Wayne, thank you for all the time you committed. It's really everyone else that makes it work. Really, believe me, it's um, proclamation. Character counts pillar of the month: citizenship. Whereas Queen Anne's County was declared a character counts community. And whereas all citizens are called upon to embrace the six pillars of character and incorporate and model these traits in their daily activities. And whereas community members are committed to fulfilling the responsibilities as citizens of their town, county, state, and country. And whereas all citizens should engage young adults at age 18 to register to vote, to understand the issues facing the community, and to serve as a role models of citizenship proud to have the right to vote, and whereas all citizens should respect and consider following the laws as an important part of citizenship, understanding the process that create and maintain the laws, and whereas all citizens, when called upon to do so, will serve on jury duty and recognize the importance of democracy, protecting and preserving our constitutional rights as Americans, and whereas the act of citizenship demonstrates all of the six pillars of character benefiting the citizens and community as a whole, thus helping the government and society to work in a more positive partnership. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby designate the Character Counts Pillar of the Month of July to be citizenship. Lance, well done. Yeah. Just want to say real quick that Kelly does a great job with this program. In the Character Counts program, we get into schools with young people and teach them the pillars because all of us know there's a bit of a lack of civility in our society these days among some. All you have to do is come to a public meeting or drive on our roads and you see sometimes a lack of civility. And we can get into schools and teach young people about caring and citizenship, trustworthiness, responsibility. All the things that many, many uh, adults, it's lost on them. I think we could use a Character Counts program for some of our adults in the community. But uh, I really appreciate the program and what it does for kids and the values that we teach them and instill in them at a very young age. So I appreciate being part of the program. Thank you. It's, it certainly has worked over the years. Uh, I've actually had some of my own children <laughs> say, hey, Dad, <laughs> you need to do a better job <laughs> with, with your six pillars. So most of the time that's because I'm driving. Driving? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, great program. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for the time, especially. Yeah, it's good to see oh, all of sure you. Well, make sure to stop and see us at the fair. Yeah, OK. <laughs> Will do. All right. Okay, moving on, commissioners. We have uh, our next presenter is the executive director from the Local Government Insurance Trust, uh, Tim Aylesworth. I say that right? Yeah, Tim. And I think uh, Dwayne, you coming up? And we have director of. Yeah, sure. Yep. Thank you. Resources director Beverly Churchill and our risk manager Dwayne Embert, and they're going to present uh, a grant award here this evening. So, please. 
First of all, thank you for having me. This is my third uh, member that I've gotten to visit since the world opened back up. I was in Cecil last week and a couple of weeks ago in Cambridge. It seems like you folks are more willing to have me than everybody else, but, <laughs> but thank you very much. I, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, it's really good to see you folks and I hope to see you in uh, Ocean City next month. Uh, I know that uh, it's been a tough year for everyone, uh, particularly legit. But with that said, we've, we've, through Zoom, we've kept operating. Uh, most of our folks have been working remotely. We're going to open back up on in, in another uh, next Monday. And uh, all of our folks have done a great job working at home. But let me compliment these folks. They do a great job over here, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, Beverly. Uh, is in constant touch with us and Kevin Karpinski for any HR issues she might have. I read a report every month and she's on the ball with that. And Dwayne it does a great job as well and you're, and you're lucky to have these folks. And tonight I'm here to present a check to the county uh, for $587.50 for flagger training and uh, to get your folks trained for that so they can train other folks since the law requires that. But before I do that, I do want to mention that legit uh, uh, has over the last five years or 10 years rather 128 employees have been uh, of your employees have trained through legit sponsor training uh, this is your ninth training grant award which means Beverly's doing a great job of taking advantage of the money set aside by our legit board to return to you all our members uh, and this uh, overall it's been about $8,500 and uh, I want you to please keep on doing that because it's, it's your money and, and I recognize that I'm nothing but a steward of your money and this year uh, I, I promised Beverly I wouldn't bring this up but unfortunately we had a terrible renewal year on our property reinsurance uh, it went up significantly overall you all haven't had a problem but our law enforcement losses and you know what you've seen on TV sure. uh, went up we had to raise the rates there and folks are having have it police deputies mainly in police are wrecking cars uh, I don't know why uh, but and, and when we replace those we used to I, forget I the you, flagging maybe they had a driving lesson <laughs> you know, I've, I've worked in three pools for 31 years and been at legit now for 11 and a half years and when I started in this business, a deputy or a police car, either one, was about $18,000 for a Crown Vic. Today they're $52,000, $53,000. And, and unfortunately, we had wonderful rates for years and it's caught up with us. And so we've had to do that. But at any rate, um, last year, and we'll talk about that because that's the great news, is we returned to you um, roughly uh, in credits uh, $140,000 out of a six hundred and six thousand six hundred thousand six hundred four hundred fifty thousand dollar premium uh which is because you all have done a great job um this year the, the trust is a, has returned um or in in our last renewal we returned about four million dollars because we knew we were going to have a terrible property reinsurance here we buy insurance for our insurance because we insure nine billion dollars in, in public property local government property in maryland and so we have to have pretty good backup for that and uh We've uh, and so we returned an additional. It was declared in in May uh, an additional seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to kind of mitigate that increase. But with that said, thank you for belonging to Legit. I know Queen Anne's County was an original member, and we do we do appreciate that very much. Uh, and I, I do I do appreciate that. And thank you again. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And I apologize for the way I talk. I actually am one of five people in the world that receipt that got Bell's palsy from the vaccine. Now I'm going to get the, the booster if that's what they tell me to do, but I did. I have one of the few people on earth that's had a reaction to it. So I apologize for the funny talking. Uh, but it, with that said, man, uh, 
present the check to Dwayne or Beverly, either one or yeah. both. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Would you turn around and do it and face the camera? That way we'll get it on the. Okay, sure. There we go, yeah. Nice. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. And thank you for being so active and doing risk management duties. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Did you want to say anything? I can, as Mr. Allsworth talked about just a second ago, the whole purpose of this grant was it actually was triggered a little bit by what went on during the COVID. You know, Maryland requires that anyone that's involved in a flagger operation has to be certified by a Maryland course, just not a national course, but a Maryland course. So during the COVID, we had some folks that were coming due for recertification. We were having some difficulties trying to get people in live trainings. So it just kind of stemmed the idea that maybe we'll get a resource here in the county that can take and attend the training to become a, uh, an instructor for the flagger course. So we bring new people on. We don't have to wait to find a class. We can give that class more often, and we can also have our own resource to recertify. So through the training grant that's provided through Legit, Legit we took and applied for it. And they were gracious enough to kind of um, go ahead and say, yeah, we'll do that. And um, that's why Mr. Allen So train the know. trainer. Train the trainer. Gotcha. There you go. We don't want to get caught in a situation. This meeting is being recorded. The recording has stopped. <laughs> Is that God? <laughs> 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 Told you, Jim, he'd come yeah. back for you, or she would. So now we can do the real business. <laughs> <laughs> so for liability purposes, we didn't want to get it, uh, be in a situation where we ever got caught putting a flagger out there that was not certified, so now we have a more readily available resource. So. And I would say that Dwayne has actually done some other courses. He's done um, the uh, forklift training, he just did that class last week and is setting up some other classes and you did the bucket truck training about a month ago. Uh, so he's not just doing flags. Is that, that forklift training open to anybody? Well, Commissioner, yes, sir. It's, it's open to you. You may have <laughs> <laughs> trouble driving a car. What are you doing a forklift? It might help him. Maybe I'm better off than a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. But thank you. But thank, thank you, you folks. Thank you. All right. Thank you all very much. All right, commissioners, next up we have um, our quarterly update from our Department of Emergency Services, and we have uh, Director Scott Haas and his team. They're going to come in, and they have a PowerPoint presentation for this evening. So, it's up there for you, right? Yep, it's on the screen, yep. So we're all set, I believe. So, Dr. Haas, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. After our last update, uh, I think the last two, it's just been me coming in and giving you updates. And I could tell by the last one you were missing Mr. Wheatley quite a bit, so I thought uh, I'd drag him. <laughs> I, I tell him we Mr. speak on weekends. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I brought Mr. Alfrey. We've got a lot going on in the department. We try to give you two divisions as an update, so we're going to cover EMS first and then our communications division second. And Scott, do you want to go ahead and take it away? Good evening. It's good to be back amongst the esteemed leaders, thank you for having us. Um, I tell you guys this every time, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I am blessed and honored that I am the face of the division that does the work for EMS. Um, Hardworking crews that have encountered a lot over the last year. So from the support that you continue to give us, I'm speaking for all the, the career staff within the EMS division, thank you for all that you do. Uh, you know, we slowed down during COVID a little bit, and as you're seeing, our call volume is way back up. We're running 
somewhere between 160 and 170 dispatches. And out of that, we're transporting the normal 80 to 82%. But out of that, the high acuity calls, the calls for heart attacks, unconscious, severe diabetic emergency, severe trouble breathing have been way up. And this has caused an increase in call volume, more calls for the supervisor. You guys uh, assisted us with uh, funding the South Supervisor Unit. That South Supervisor Unit stays busy every day. And those of you that get the text pages see the calls for EMS4. So total this year so far, we've had 3,804 EMS calls and we have transported 1,858 of those. I'm not gonna read these slide by slide, but you can see that the paramedics and EMTs have done well over 10,000 procedures in the county and administered almost 5,000 medications in the last six months. We're getting back to normal. We're glad to be back to normal. Even though most of the world doesn't have to wear a mask now, we're still required due to the CDC and to the MIMS guidance to wear a mask, eye protection, and gloves on every calls. And then if we deem it to be a PUI or something that could be COVID, we switch into the more secured with the HEPA mask and the gowns, et cetera, et cetera. Crews have truly embraced this. Um, they're frustrated wearing masks just like everybody else, but they're doing their best to provide the service and uh, they're doing a great job. And I brag about them all the time. So we do have a huge supply of PPE, thanks to the health department and uh, the combined efforts between DES and the health department. If the next pandemic breaks out tomorrow, we've got our PPE that we will not be trying to play catch up this time. And we will continue to utilize that as necessary. The best thing that's Scott, happened- real quick on yes. that point. But it does expire, correct? It does, it does. So we're rotating. What is, so what is the shelf life of it? Obviously. It all depends on what it is. The HEPA masks are good for just around 10 years and then they're gonna start breaking down. Um, luckily, we've got our supply train chain back now. We were unable to get those for a while. <coughs> so we were blessed that we had a uh, increase of those prior. Okay. So, Thank you. And the biggest advantage we have now is we have now an environmentally <coughs> controlled storage area, mm -hmm. which we didn't have before, and that kills the half-life yeah. of the PPE without having it environmentally controlled. Gotcha. Uh, the best thing that's happened in the division in the <coughs> last two months is we've returned to in-person training. So last month the crews went and we did our water training because sometimes we're the first on the scene of water rescues where we have to try to assist patients out of the water so they practice their survival skills, et cetera, et cetera. This month we're training with Maryland State Police Aviation Command, doing some in-person training with the helicopter and running through scenarios with them. You guys will see pictures of that as we continue to move forward. Big news I want to tell you about is two of our earth-shattering live local late-breaking equipment things and these are big because we're the only ones doing it especially in the state of Maryland so the first that on three of our cardiac monitors we've taken delivery of a new device inside the Zoll that allow us better measurement of airway ventilation especially with cardiac arrest medical science has shown over the years that we were over ventilating patients and that actually had a decrease survivability so with these little gadgets that have been installed, and I say little, everything comes with some price, which you all are aware, uh, we're able to better control that and provide better care. It gives us a better read, it can give us live feed, and that takes our quality assurance to a whole new level where we continually get better on every call. The second thing is we are the only department in the state of Maryland that's using Dr. First backline for EMS. If I was to find Commissioner Wilson, unconscious on the side of the road, with nothing but his driver's license, I could scan his driver's license and within about 10 to 15 seconds, I get a return of his history and medications. 
We are the first EMS system in the state of Maryland to do this, and the best part, this costs nothing to the taxpayers because we were able to jump on a state-funded grant that was encompassed by the state and the gov uh, Governor Hogan, who sponsored this. So we've got it for the next three years free of charge, and I started budgeting the service charge. It's not a lot of money for what it does, and then this will automatically, in just a few more weeks, that information then imports into our patient care report as well. The second part of Dr. First and Backline that is phenomenal is that it's taken our mobile integrated community health, we're able to do telemedicine, we're able to HIPAA compliant and medically secure transfer information, and we're meeting, we're finding things with this that we never thought was possible, as well as providing the crews responding to calls history on those super users, so the ones that we go to several times a month. And again, those of you that get the pages to your phone, you see addresses very similar over and over again. So this is a big deal for us, and we're proud to have that, and I appreciate the support of that that, that came along with that. This year with the staffing, obviously our EMS-4 is going to be staying in service, and when everybody is at work, we will be staffing Paramedic 200, especially on those critical times of traffic, Thursday through Sunday, that causes a large demand on our service. You get two calls in the 3rd Battalion or the lower part of the county, units have to start shifting. We have to try to do that ahead of time, so when we get the call south on Sundays, there's no way we're going to get there in a timely measure to meet our eight-minute response time. So that unit's going to allow another unit to be deployed and to be in service. And again, we're just going to try to better ways to serve the public. We're also uh, looking at, in this year coming up, continuing the CPR training, the Stop the Bleed, preparing with the Special Ops Division, the uh, Active Assailant training, and continue to push our mission out to the public so they know us before they need us. Uh, I hope within two to three weeks to be sending you a notification that we, for the fifth year in a row, will be receiving the Mission Lifeline by American Heart of Gold, and uh, I'm confident we met those standards. I'm just waiting for the report to come back on the national level. And we're going to be doing some PSAs about the Zoll monitors, and obviously I'm going to try to recruit some of you to be in those because we couldn't have done it without your support. So we just took delivery of our paramedic unit that was funded. It's getting all the bells and whistles put on it. It's beautiful, uh, I'm proud of it. I would like to show it off for you at our next meeting possible. Uh, we're gonna uh, continue to support large gathering events around the counties as they're gonna help support us with the Bay Bridge Run. I'm very excited about that. We're looking forward to supporting that. And uh, we're gonna continue to provide the best EMS service there is, as you all have asked us to do. And with that, any questions? Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Wow. <laughs> I asked one at the FEC meeting, so I was already done. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for your time, sir. All right. So part two is Chief Alfrey is going to go over the communications division. And we have some very exciting news with our communications division tonight and uh, the direction we're going in. So it might be a tough act to follow. It's always a tough act to follow. That's why he goes first, so you, you know. So, so um, we've been in this for about two and a half years, and you've been hearing about next generation. So it is a lot closer than everybody uh, understands. So I understand you gentlemen understand fireworks. So let's just say that we are now entering into the grand finale uh, with what I'm going to present tonight. So next generation, Queen Anne's County is the lead on this project. We have been for the last two and a half years. Um, we are leading the shore. Um, we've come together as the community the nine counties from Cecil all the way down to Somerset, Wycombe and Wooster, 
And in between, um, we were in this project together. Queen Anne's has uh, our project manager and we are waiting on one permit from State Highway. They're doing some construction on a 305, a little breach out there. Once we get that permit, we will be able to rock and roll forward. We thought the holdup was going to be the railroad bridge on 301. We had that within two weeks. It sailed right through. I was told that the road, railroad was going to be the big headache, and it was not. Um, so we're looking to go live first quarter of 2022, so we're figuring sometime in January. <clears throat> so just an update on the other counties. Uh, Caroline, Dorchester, Kent, and Somerset have already got their funding from the Maryland 911 board. And Cecil, Talbot, and Wooster go this month. And Wicomico is just about to sign. They have some uh, legal stuff that they wanted to, to make sure that was covered. So just to give you a little bit, uh, I was finally able to get into the stats. Uh, there's a typo at the top. It says FY2020, it's supposed to say 2021. For the last 11 months, I haven't been able to get in the computer um, due to the relocation to the 9-1 center, but uh, I was able to get in and get you some stats. So from July 1st of last year till June 30th, we processed 72,984 emergency, uh, excuse me, calls. Of those, 27,424 were emergency, and it breaks down on the other side to what came in via wireline, wireless, WIP, <coughs> SMS. And then the bottom stats are what we've handled from January 1st of this year to June 30th of this year. Emergency is 12,849. So far this year, for six months in, we're about 34,031. Some of that is from COVID. We'll see the numbers pick up. We're right in the middle of summer as well. So uh, we're going to see these numbers start to go back up again. <coughs> Just to show you, the busiest days for us, um, Friday, Saturdays, and actually Sunday is the slowest um, time, but it's not that slow as you can see. Um, still pretty, pretty active, and um, our levels are starting to peak, so we're all starting to see the, the, the pie chart or the numbers, the columns just stay pretty much level across the board, so we're getting back to that peak in a heavy season. And uh, again, <clears throat> so the second part of the finale I was talking about is the relocation of the 911 Center. Uh, when I set this up, it was, we have a pulse. I can proudly say, as of today, we have the $2 million 911 center because we are up and running, fully operational from the 911 center, and we are no longer operating from our temporary location. Uh, we were able to do that in about 24 hours. We had everything lined out, pre-planned. Um, support services from Rob, Patrick, Christine, Tony, Alan, they have worked hard for hours getting all this set up to make the transition really easy. We started about yesterday afternoon, and as of today, I can say everything is up and operational. Okay, CAD, the other part of the grand finale. We are nine months out before we go live. We go live on April 5th, 2022, and uh, that will be the last part of the finale. It's gonna be the 9-1 Center, which started today. Uh, next, gen, next Gen will be in January, and the CAD will be the end in April, and we will be state-of-the-art communication center. Mm. Um, so just a quick out on the CAD, uh, we have the transition team building. Um, we're working with the FEC, the Sheriff's Office. Right now they're doing the Sheriff's Office build out. And uh, we will begin in September starting some training and we'll do heavy training uh, the months of January, February, March to make sure that we're ready to go in April. And then let the transformation begin. We have some space in the basement of the courthouse that we're going to turn into the backup 911 center. I've already received some funding from the Maryland 911 board to make this happen and uh, with some funds from the county, so we're, we're moving forward. So great times and a lot happening. So we open up for questions for the department. So I can tell we don't have a lot going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to bring it up because it was brought up at the FEC meeting that there was some concerns um, that the CAD transition is going to require 
iPads being upgraded in for all the volunteers as well as within emergency services and that you know we're bringing on a new uh, IT department we're going through it but I think we really need to keep our focus and our eye on the prize to make sure that our emergency services get all that transitioned mm -hmm. in the right amount of time because I think there is some concern we had some issues earlier on where they were not getting you know some things done so I think it's something that we as commissioners should commit to to make sure that that transition into April 5th is very smooth both with our volunteers and our uh, emergency services side because there was some angst about that so I know Todd has been very committed on on doing that we've had several meetings and I'm very confident we're going in the right direction and I'm looking forward to some changes so we have nothing but good news so uh, just so everybody knows the amount of work that goes into moving the 911 room is unbelievable I mean if you go out there and the, the wiring looks like it's space center or something anyway you guys have done fabulous and I really appreciate it and the county appreciates well done really the best any county would be proud to have you well the, the two things that I'm proudest of um, post-COVID is our frontline response that, that Scott's team did and really you can't appreciate what our communications division went through unless you actually see the garage they worked out through through the whole COVID um, process and they they have been in there just over 11 months 11 months uh, and today was their first day to come out of a garage and back into the 911 center so uh, the garage will be set up for a while if anybody wants to see where we came from um, <laughs> we are not expected to be back into the administrative staff it's not expected to go in for another two or three weeks there's still some additional renovations they need to do to the core building but the 911 center is fully operational Scott, in your pre or, uh, Mr. Wheatley, in your presentation, you talked about um, Paramedic 200 yes, sir. Um, being uh, staffed 24-7 when possible. So when you say when possible, is that because of? When people, everybody comes to work, no one's out sick, no one's on vacations, okay. then the staffing will be there to have that in place. Okay. Obviously, the goal, as I wrote and talked to you about over the last, is over the next year or two, I would like that as a permanent unit. Because okay. every time the South County gets calls, we're moving 400 down, right. 500 down, and we're depleting the resources. Right. And, uh, right. And it's only going to get worse. I just want to <laughs> provide the we, we want to provide the best protection to all the citizens, not just one area. Now, do we have to do anything to Paramedic 200 um, as far as housing there? That's another conversation for another day. Very good. I have I have dreams and visions, and you know that I am the dreamer, and I will. Actually, that was a loaded question because I actually stayed there. <laughs> yes, you on did. A ride along. Yes, you did. Um, um, every time we get a bad flood or the water rises, we have to take consideration of moving the trucks out of there, getting the electronics off the floor. So obviously, we have to look at a plan for the future. It is a busy area, and that supervisor unit, like you've seen on your pages, that supervisor unit is running, additionally providing care and moving the administrative duties of the day. So uh, it's great having that truck down there, and I cannot thank you enough for that. But the biggest thing that helped us do the 200 is we've got three additional employees that were staffing in the EMS division, so that's going to help us man yes. that unit. Uh, the downfall is we're one short on the group that we brought in, so there's one day a week that we're going to struggle to try to get that 200 in service, but we're doing our best to work around it. 
I think a second floor on that building is probably a, <laughs> a watchtower. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. I'd like to point out that I, I think with, but I'd like Mr. Wheatley or Mr. Haas's remarks on it, that with the increase in acuity and our volume increase, it isn't going to be too long before we have to grow this baby again. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And it's a thing you don't get behind on the curve. So. Well, the big, the big thing, like what Scott said, that, that we're probably going to be asking for in upcoming budget cycles is to go 24-7 with 200 because um, we're not capable of doing it at this point, but we're close. Um, Don't so. about us. We've got to be there to answer. <laughs> you can have all the paramedics out there, but if you don't have somebody answer the call, go hand in hand. That's it. Thank you all very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Really. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. you guys, all right. Okay, commissioners, that concludes our presentations for this evening. We can uh, move to tab seven under legislation. And we have um, three county ordinances that are available for vote this evening. The first being county ordinance 21-02, major and minor multifamily dwellings and non-residential height requirements in the UC zoning district in Queen Anne's County. This is a citizen-sponsored text amendment. So what does it do to set it off? Uh, it's it's uh, we had a public hearing um, three weeks ago, I guess it was. We've received a, quite a bit of public comment. I think uh, Margie had 84 um, opposing this particular bill. Came in electronically. We had some public testimony three weeks ago, and um, uh, we did also receive an amendment from um, the attorney representing this particular amendment, Joe Stevens, to strike the um, height uh, ask from 45 from 55 to 45 feet. So um, I know Director um, Mordock is here as well from the planning office and if you have any questions for her, but it is available for a uh, motion and a vote if you so choose. Or we can uh, look at the amendment, which would then go back to the Planning Commission for consideration. All right, do we have a motion on that? A motion to send it back to the Planning and Zoning? Or a motion to bring it to a vote? I, I, I'd make a motion to uh, disprove Ordinance 2102. We have a second? Second. All right. Is there any discussion? I think the only thing I would say was I would have made an amendment to remove that 55 feet to put it back to 45 feet. But the motion is made to, um, what was the motion? Disapprove. Disapprove, right. County Ordinance 2102. So it wouldn't do any good to remove it to 40, put it back at 45. It's already a disapprove, so. Any other comment? All right. All, all those in favor of the motion uh, to disapprove County Ordinance 21-02, say aye. 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 And anybody who are against motion to disapprove. Aye. Okay. Those four, four in favor and one against.
Next. Right, commissioners, the next ordinance is County Ordinance 2103. This is uh, for self-storage uses in the town center zoning district in Queen Anne's County, also available for a vote. And do we have any other public comment on that? Testimony? Okay, from the hearing. This is another citizen-sponsored text amendment. All right, do we have a motion on that one? Motion to approve 2103, right? Correct. 2103, yes. 2103, yep. I'll second that motion. All right, motion and a second. Any discussion? How tall is this building? Amy, how tall is this allowed to be? I'm just curious. If you're not sure, it's no big deal. Because I think, and I think I asked him in this, I got clarification that it goes back to 1987 when they set the 45 foot for I believe most that's of those right. areas. I believe, I believe that's right. It goes yeah. pretty far back. Okay. We have a uh, motion to approve County Ordinance 21-03 that has been seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. 5-0 in favor. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. And lastly, we have County Ordinance 21-05, the expansion of the Kenton Arrows Commercial Management and Waterfront Improvement District, established under Article uh, 4 of Chapter 5 of the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County. All right, we got a motion on that. All right, nobody wants to make a motion on it? I'll make a motion to approve it. I'll second that motion. All right, so we have uh, a motion to approve County Ordinance 21-05, and it's been seconded by Phil. Um, any discussions? <laughs> seconded by Phil. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, 5-0 passes. All right, that concludes our legislative items for this evening. We have a second press and public comments period. Is anybody else signed up for any virtual comments? No virtual. No virtual? Okay. Nothing on the list? Double check here. Let's put this. Anybody in the room have anything to say? Thank you. You guys all look at me. I don't know. <laughs> right. No, we're just looking at it. We're just Happy to have people out there in the audience. Not a lot of people out there to look at. I appreciate that, the 84 opposing. I think that makes a difference with the public on Kent Island in any way. A lot of people have been turned down by even voicing their opinion for fear of it meaning nothing. So that was really cool. And state your name just for the record. Oh, Josh Willis. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Close the press and public comment. So we have round table. All right. It's not even round. But. <clears throat> it's a lot less round now that we're all back here, right? Uh, Mr. Wilson. My goodness. Um, I think probably the most interesting thing that's come up during the last week, and I think Commissioner Moran would probably have the same feeling, is that as you look at what we commissioners have heard during the last couple of weeks 
it is that the kind of excess capacity in the county, whether it was the Bay Bridge, whether it was uh, almost every, every aspect of our road system, the debt, everything we have is shortening up. And we're getting to a point where sewer, where the county needs to really consider allocating what we've got left. And to me, that's going to be a, probably the outstanding thing that we're going to do over the next couple of years because the, the sort of extra room we had to move into things was a lot greater three, four, five years ago than it is today. And uh, that's my remark of the day. All right, Commissioner Moran. No, I'm good. All right, go to Commissioner Dumanel. Uh, I just, uh, I, I just want to say real quick that that I'm pleased that the that the folks uh, for uh, Ordinance 2021 or opposed to Ordinance 2021 took the time, as we had asked three weeks ago, to please uh, share with their commissioners uh, the, their position and and their concern for. Uh, for 2021 or, or the reason why they were in favor of 2021. So I want to thank our citizens for, for reaching out to the commissioners. All right, Commissioner Wilson. So to stay in that vein, um, I'm a firm believer in the processes that we put forward, whether it's a developer or anybody that brings forward a text amendment. You know, it's our job to vet it, listen to the facts, listen to the people and not be uh, discriminatory about who we let bring text amendments forward and who we listen to and who we don't listen to. And I guess one of the things that really frustrates me um, is the fact that, you know, I'm not a big Facebook person. I don't troll it like some do and things like that. But I get really discouraged when I hear from my wife or friends that screenshot stuff that say we as commissioners are taking money from developers to approve projects. Um, that can be further from the truth. And, and quite honestly, it tends to border on a kind of a slanderous thing when you have to explain to your wife where all this money is that you're supposedly getting. <laughs> she wants um, vacation. She wants to know where the gold bars are. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, to me, people, you know, we, we heard the state's attorney talk about civility, and, and, and I think it, it has to start right there. I mean, we're not up here to screw anybody in this county or to screw the county over. You know, we're doing the job that we feel we were elected to do, and we try to do it to our best ability and listen to people, as Phil stated. Um, and not every project's going to be right. Not every project's going to be wrong. So it, it, on its surface, we have to look at it from that standpoint. And that's, you know, that's the job we've sworn to do. And I think we do a good job of it. So thank you. All right. Well, I also want to thank everybody for participating. And I would encourage people to keep up on, you know, what goes on with the commissioner meetings. And when, when something comes up and someone says, oh, I didn't hear anything about this, you know, they backdoored that in. There is a lot of press releases that go out about these things. So, um, but you know, you have to look at the newspaper. You have to watch the meetings. Our meeting agenda is published ahead of the meeting. Uh, Planning Commission, advertise, published ahead of the meeting. You can watch the meetings. Um, you can listen to them on a podcast. So there's plenty of ways for citizens to get information and we want you to get the information and be a part of the decision process. If you are for or against something, let us know. Um, but as, and as Jack said, but civility is important because, you know, we, we are your neighbors and we're trying to make this a better community as well. That's all of us are up here for that. 
Um, and so uh, just please keep that in mind and we'll be civil back with you. But we, we do want to hear what you have to say on anything. Um, so I want to uh, welcome uh, new superintendent of schools. Dr. Salins has officially started um, this July. Is, I guess July 1 was her official day as the superintendent. So welcome her to Queen Anne's County. Um, I think there is some very exciting news for the upcoming school year with kids back in school. and you know, back to normal. Um, and I think she's really dedicated, Commissioner Dumanella, I met with her earlier, dedicated to making sure that this goes well, um, that kids are back in school. Um, and we're really excited about that. Uh, I wanna thank uh, all of the county staff for the 4th of July celebration. Um, those fireworks are fantastic. Everything was flawless from, you know. Family day. Yeah, and Parks and Recs, DES, every department. Um, they did it. People don't realize you know, there's a whole command room that gets set up down there, uh, and they're monitoring everything for safety. And then the traffic uh, enforcement that has to be out there. And I think it was it was done perfectly. Um, and Beth giving us public information. She's out there making sure people know what's going on. So thank you to the county staff because you did a great job uh, for the citizens of Queen Anne's County. And I think once again showed the citizens why they should be grateful for the staff that they have here working for the county that does so much for them. Um, and then I also have, this is for our official record, we have some students from Mattapique Elementary School um, who put together uh, some persuasive arguments on why people should not be texting or distracted driving. So I wanted to make sure that we have that and let the teachers there from Mattapique Elementary School know that we have received these and all the commissioners will have the ability to look at what your students wrote. So I love seeing that, the kids taking part in also advocating with the community. Um, that's all I have. I will entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. All right. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Let's go.